Welcome to the Mariner's Church Life Group Leader Podcast. This weekly conversation is designed to equip and resource you to build a healthy life group community that studies God's Word, practices spiritual rhythms, and changes the world together. Well, hello, Life Group leaders, and welcome to week three of Fighting for Joy, our study through the amazing book of Philippians. This has been a great just dive into the this great book already in the last couple of weeks. We have so have enjoyed just um, getting into the scriptures together, not only on the weekend, but also uh, in and through your groups. And we're excited to jump into today's passage as we look at uh, joy in life, joy in life and joy in death, a real substantial uh, passage in the whole book of Philippians. And I've got a friend of mine who's uh, helping me with that today. Uh, some of you will know who she is, and for some you may not. This might be your first introduction of the incredible, amazing Danica Dotson. Hi, everyone. So excited to be here. JT, thank you for having me on. Yeah, so glad to have you jumped in with us today. Danica, for those that um, don't know, you just tell us a little bit of your background, your role here at Mariners, um, what things you're, you're excited about, what God is doing, uh, and then we'll we'll jump into it. Absolutely. So my background is actually in healthcare, but uh, I have been the senior life group coach over 20s, 30s for about a year now and just love groups so, so much, uh, so much so that they hired me on as the women's coordinator. Yeah. So now I get to do <laughs> life groups for women and life groups for 20s, 30s. And I just love it. God's been so faithful in taking the skills that I was you know, trained in from an education standpoint and yeah. just transferring them into how to love God's people in just a different way. It's yeah. great. Yeah, and Danica, you just bring so much like joy and enthusiasm to our team, but um, you're somebody that you're in it. You are so in it, as you mentioned, you know, prior to becoming on staff and you're still operating in that role as a as a senior coach for for groups. And man, just love like the culture that you bring, your investment, your care of leaders and how you model that and set the pace for us and our team. And I know you're part of part of groups too. And uh, just give us a bit of insight, like even the groups that you're that you're in, the group that you're you're leading right now. Uh, what are you learning? What are you seeing just on the ground in the everyday life of, of your life group? Yeah, definitely. So I used to lead a co-ed life group for four years, and that was such a great dynamic because we got to hear the male perspective on different takes in the Bible. But now I lead an all-women's group. We're in our 20s and 30s, and we're all in different seasons of life right now. But what is really holding us together is a, is a hunger for the Lord's Word yeah. and really just wanting to grow deeper in community with one another and just diving deeper into specific books of the Bible. So the Book of Philippians and the study came at the perfect time for what our group is trying to do. Yeah, that's it. All day long. I mean, there are so many different things that we can uh, look at and give our time and attention to in our groups, but it's just proven time and time again that when we... Um, put ourselves under the authority of scripture. We have the conversation around what we see and how it's reading us. Like God just does great, great things. It turns out that his word is still alive and active. And we, and we see that in our groups. It is, it is. Yeah. And you know, we try to do the serve experience and the prayer experience. Yeah. We try to do everything, but really at the end of the day, we are like, we just need to get into the word right. and then everything else, the Lord will lay our paths for. Yeah. It flows out of them. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It, all of our life is lived in response to God's word. Right. And so how we serve others, how we live out our stories mm-hmm. in conjunction with his greater story and in through our lives. Um, that's, that's where, that's where it really matters. So amazing. Well, you ready to jump in? I am. I am. All right. Let's do it. We've got our lead in question. It says, what is something you are looking forward to? Something that's happening in the next weeks or months? Um, how does this expectation inform your life right now, how you're preparing for it, anything jump into your mind? 
Yes, actually, my mom and I have the opportunity to go to Greece this summer. Oh, come on, so let's go. We are really excited to yeah. spend time together. My family lives out of state, so we're excited to, to spend one-on-one -on -one time together, but then explore something, a culture that's totally different than yeah. what we're used to. Uh, so my expectation, that'll be a time of learning and rest and adventure, and so working really hard now yeah, <laughs> to absolutely. then to be able to enjoy that that time of God's creation. Yeah, that's right. Greece, I've heard, is beautiful, so I'm really excited. That's what I hear. Go yeah. share pictures. I haven't been there, man. That's, will, that's incredible. <laughs> That's so great. And I think what the question is trying to draw out is, yeah, that we have things that we look forward to in the future and those fill us with hope and expectation, mm -hmm. but they do also inform like how we live and operate now. So as you mentioned, you're working hard, getting things done. Yeah. You might be planning ahead for where you're going to go, things you need to buy and pack. So like when we look ahead, it impacts like how we, how we live now. And I think that's what the question is trying to draw, draw out for us. And uh, similar to, we've got some trips plans and things this summer. And so looking ahead to all the different places that we're going and try to plan that out. Uh, so that when we look forward to something, it should impact how we how we live now, how we relate to one another now, and how we plan now. So um, there's some more in the leader notes to help you draw out uh, the purpose behind the lean-in question. And I know sometimes when you ask the lean-in question, it doesn't always feel like a lean-in question. Sometimes people lean back and they're like, I don't know how to answer this. I don't understand it. Uh, but that's one of the reasons we have the leader notes, right? So that you can look to where the question is trying to lead people towards. Because the lean-in question is intentionally trying to get you thinking creatively about how to engage the rest of, of the question. So you know where the question is going as you look at the leader notes, prepare for that. And if it seems like people aren't on track with it, then you can lead them towards that, right? That's one of the things of leadership is is helping to to lead people towards where, where it's going in an authentic way. So that's great. All right, then we're going to jump into the passage. You know what? I'm going to read just um, Philippians 1, 20 through 26, and then we'll ask a couple questions and go from there. It says this, my eager expectation and hope is that I will not be ashamed about anything, but that now, as always, with all courage, Christ will be highly honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For me to live as Christ and to die is gain. That's really one of the critical verses of, of the whole of Philippians here, right? And then in verse 22, now if I live on in the flesh, this means fruitful work for me, and I don't know which one I should choose. I am torn between the two. I long to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. He makes that clear. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. Since I am persuaded of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you uh, for your progress and joy in the faith, so that because of my coming to you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus may be uh, may abound. Amazing set of, of verses here. And there's about one, two, three four set of questions related to these um, verses. Really, you could sum up the questions and, and maybe one thing here. Uh, what do you learn about Paul's view of life and death from the passage? Um, that would probably be the most succinct way. You could certainly go line by line and ask the questions and get people to engage the passage that way. Uh, but you may want to think about, man, how could I combine these? What is What are these questions trying to pull out centrally? I think that's the thing. What do you learn about Paul's view of life and death? What, what would you say, Danica? How would you interact with these uh, six verses? Well, for me personally, I would love to get to the point of of Paul's faith and would want to so eagerly go to heaven and be with my Lord and Savior, Yeah. but then recognize that there's so much work to still be done. I think sometimes we get really caught up in, in the day-to-day -day or, you know, oh, life here on earth is so hard, but I love Paul's perspective because he constantly points back to Jesus, whether that's here, him still on earth, or when he actually physically gets to be with Jesus in heaven. Right. So I think one thing that 
as our life groups are having these kind of discussions is make sure that they are understanding kind of the question from the scripture and where yeah. they're coming from. Um, and then let them let them share where we put our current hopes and expectations right. and, and see if that aligns with with Paul and his heart and right. what the Bible calls us. To yeah, that's it. That's it. I mean, there's so much in here to pull to pull out. I mean, so much. you do learn so much about Paul and his perspective. And he's not like it's not like fatalism where, mm -hmm. well, you know, he's in Rome, he's in, he's in prison. Um, many church historians think that actually this is after this led to his execution. We don't know that for, for certainty, but this isn't his first time in prison, but he's probably wondering if this is his last time. He might be, he's at the center of it, he's the heartbeat of it, but he's, it's still not, not like a flippant, like fatalism where, well, you know, right. I try my best and, um, I'm he's just ready to, I'm just ready to go and be yeah. with Jesus. And, mm -hmm. and I, and I guess that will have to do, it's like, no, he's got a grand vision. Like he understands that his life is completely hidden in Christ, that Christ is the goal. He's the prize. Um, he's got this grand hope and expectation of the restoration of all things and when he'll be in Christ's presence forever. Um, but it's also not like an escapism. It's not like, okay, that's where the story's going. So there's no implications for how I live now. It's like, no, like all the more, like I, I want to outwork this with you. I want to be with you. It's necessary for me to be be with you to continue to remain in the progress of the faith. It's it's kind of like he, he knows where the story's going, but he's not just trying to hit the escape button to, well, let me just go there. It's like, because I know where the story is going, all the more I want to remain faithful, endure, have perseverance. Like he's got a right-size view of like suffering mm -hmm. um, and a right-size view of, of eternity, which informs how he relates to others now. So you learn so much, so much about about Paul that we can be uh, encouraged by here. I think of um, um, Martin Luther, I, he once said, I wrote it down because I, I was struck by this one. He said, I would not give one moment of heaven for all the joys and riches of the world even if it lasted for thousands and thousands of years. I thought about that, that great, great quote that he, he can't wait for him to, to live um, as Christ, to die as gain, that there's an understanding of that. And I wouldn't trade anything in this world for that, but it doesn't impede or stop the outworking of the gospel of what, he, of what he's doing now, which is a beautiful thing. Anything else that you see that you're struck at in, in that, that set of verses? I think in some ways this is very countercultural to the American dream, right? You yeah. work, you you work so hard and then you retire and then you have those last however many years the Lord blesses you with right. to enjoy life. But I think Paul really paints a picture of what our life to the very end is supposed to look like, mm -hmm. um, and I think that's really encouraging. That's right. Um, he he is the definition of running the race well. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's great. And then I'll, I'll quickly read uh, twenty-seven through thirty. It says, uh, "Just one thing, as citizens of heaven." And there again, there's that great reminder of, um, yeah, we might dwell here earthly. We have our place earthly, relationally, socially, but ultimately our, our home our home is in heaven, that that's where our identity and our priority comes from. And so because of that, live a life worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I will hear about you, that you are standing firm in one spirit and one accord, contending together for the faith of the gospel, not being frightened in any way by your opponents unbelievable for those that were being persecuted and martyred. This was, this was happening. This is a sign uh, of destruction for them, but of your salvation. And this is from God for it has been granted to you on Christ's behalf, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Since you are engaged in the same struggle that you saw I had and, and now hear that I have. Um, so a couple of questions here. 
Um, what single expectation did Paul have for the Philippian church? What would it look like for the church to live according to this expectation? And then what motive did Paul want the Philippians to have in order to live uh, the way that he describes? What do we what do we see in those three verses there? Hmm. Well, I think in verse 27, it says, as citizens of heaven, which I would say was Paul's main motive. He wants them to take that further step of faith and yeah. become citizens of heaven. And then we want to live um, our lives worthy of the gospel of Christ. And I think once your motivation changes, your heart posture changes. It's good. Um, it would be it would be a 180. Right. And how the Philippians were living their lives. That's right. Absolutely. So he's he's not only um, he's preaching to himself, mm-hmm. which I love that we need that, like to preach the gospel to ourselves. Um, but he's also preaching it and proclaiming it to others that he's encouraging himself. And as he's encouraging himself, he's in, encouraging others that he's being reminded of what's most true. And he wants other people to be reminded of that as uh, as well. And that was his motive. That was his motive for others to have a grand vision of Jesus for the gospel to advance. And he's not aloof to to their suffering. He's suffering himself. So, you know, there's nothing worse that when a friend gives you advice um, from something they haven't experienced mm-hmm. and uh, that can be all well me meaning and um, there can be some some goodness uh, in that, but it's quite different when somebody gives you um, not just advice, but per- a shared life experience of something that they've gone through, that there's a different perspective. And I think that's what Paul is offering offering here too, which is a beautiful thing. All right, then we get to the lookout section and we, we've kind of hit on this a little bit. You've talked through it a bit. Um, remember, look down, we're looking at the passage, we're pulling out the truth of the passage, and now it's like, okay, great. How do we see this at work in the world around us? Where do we see people putting their hope and expectation? Um, does it live up to that hope and expectation? Where where, where have you seen it? Anything come to, come to mind for you? I think one of the main themes I thought of was we are very uh, externally motivated. Right. If our hope is not in Christ, we're going to look for things that are right in front of us. So whether that be success, money, uh, whatever the American dream would look like to you, yeah. um, things that that can easily be taken away at a moment's notice. Right, yeah. And then you could then take the flip of that question It kind of be the turn of the look in. Of, okay, what is that for you then? Where are the things that you feel the draw to put your hope and expectation in? Where have you seen them live up? Where have you seen them not live up? What are the things that prevent you from putting your substantial hope in who Jesus? I mean, Eric, I love this. He drew this out through the, through the uh, sermon time and time again, and it's in the look in question too. If you were to answer the question for me to live is, how would you answer that with all sincerity and all honesty? Where do you put your hope and expectation and how would you answer that for me to live is? Um, what do you think, Danica? How, how would you respond to that or might, how might you might lead that in the groups that you're in? I think from a leader perspective and just from myself who has tried to love Jesus to the best of her ability for yeah. so long, uh, I said for me to live is to love Jesus and others well. Yeah. But where I, where my heart, my heart uh, posture struggles is I like to do things to perfection. Yeah. And I think yeah. the Lord is teaching me you can love him and you can love his people, but it doesn't always have to be to what I think is perfection. Um, and so he's constantly kind of bringing me back to a very humble stance and um, sometimes the best thing, at least for our life group leaders to keep in mind is we don't always have to have the right answers, um, to all of our, right. our big theological questions that yeah. might come out of groups. Um, but just to really meet people where they're at. And I think sometimes when we meet people where we're at, that's the best way we can be loving not only Jesus, but his people. Right. That's good. And, um, Eric talk, talks about this in the setup of, of the, of the message he goes through, which really are just the four or five different philosophical approaches of how we answer this question, whether it's pleasure, pleasure seeking, whether it's um, safety and security, 
establishing a good name for yourself. Um, you might be well served actually if you during the sermon, if you're listening to this before, like th- think about those things that he punches out. He gives one, two, three, four of those. For me to live is to be a good person. For me to live is to grow. For me to live is to serve others. For me to live is to enjoy life. Like you might want to think about uh, unpacking those and which ones resonate mostly with you, um, and lead lead through that through that uh, things that that Eric puts puts in front of us. But there's so many different things, right? Like I want to have that answer too. For me to live <laughs> is to join in the sufferings of Christ and to make him known. Like I'd love that to be my LinkedIn profile. Like right. <laughs> it would be for Paul, but I feel it. I think we all feel it. Pro to wander, right? Like I feel that for me to live is safety and security. For me to live is certainty. For me to live is to control um, the outcome of not only my life, but my kid, my kids' lives. Like I, I feel, I feel all of that. And I know that when I'm um, not my best self, it, it's because I'm short-sighted and I want to see what I can control today. And I lose the sight of, his sovereignty, his goodness, the hope for eternity. And so lead, lead through that conversation well with your, with your group, through vulnerability, through honesty. They're only going to go as far as you're going to go and model, model that with them. Uh, and then spend some time, right? Praying and interacting. And I get life group leaders, I get it. Uh, same for my group. Like you've unpacked some of these things before in your group, but you can never get to the end of that discussion, nor could you never get to the end of praying for one another and believing what God wants to, to do. To, to heal that, to take that insecurity, that worry away from you. So uh, lean into the conversation well this week. Um, and yeah, we're so, we so love what God's doing in, in and with your groups. Uh, Danica, anything else? So great to have you. Thank you for having yeah. me. Life group leaders, I am just so thankful for you and just yeah. know that the discipleship team, we're praying for you. We're praying for your groups. We're praying, you know, that's just not something we say. We really are right. taking the time to pray for each and every leader and, and person in their group. And we're just so thankful for you. And you don't always have to feel like you're doing it the right way or you know have all the answers but just taking that step of faith and and showing up with your group every week is is amazing awesome great you guys well danica thanks for your time life group leaders thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week